0: Hello guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast. And I know you guys are like, she is on a roll with all of these guests on the podcast. Um, One thing I've learned that I'm forgetting to do, my website is mytaughtyou.com. I do have a few products up there. I'm working on a couple things and I will be back um, at the end of the year with some fun stuff for you guys. Um, Today on the podcast, I have the only human being on the planet that I will loan books to. So I am insanely overprotective about my books. They are like my baby. My library is like my nursery. And I really, it's the one thing that I do am able to set boundaries with. I do not loan out my books. Um, The only person that I loan and exchange books with is Tony Martin, who is on the show with us today. And we are going to talk all kinds of books.
1: I'm so honored. I'm so honored to be that one person. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: one person, because you and and Tony, you can give them a bit of your background. I met Tony. um, So Tony, I don't know if you know this, but the rule for guests on my podcast is that it has to be people that I know, you know, I've met them because I think it just makes for a better conversation. But I met Tony almost eight years ago, um, the first week that I moved to Atlanta, right?
1: Yep. You, we were, you were, we, we were working. What was it? It was like a Black Public Relations Society. Um, I think it was. Beepers.
0: Yes. Black Public Relations Society. Um, I forget what I was talking about, but I don't really remember how we connected, but we have been friends ever since. And in my early days of living in Atlanta and kind of just trying to figure it out, Tony will always come through with some of the most Clutch book ideas and so she put together this list of questions about books that we are going to go through and have some super fun conversation about so you should have had your paper handy before you started this but if you haven't gotten it go get your paper because we are going to drop dime on so many books and people who write me and email me this is your podcast so um Tony before we go, give them a little bit of background on like your story, who you are, what you do and you know, why you are the ultimate bookworm why
1: i'm a book person so (laughs) um and just kind of you know more about how you and i met i was volunteering for the summit and you were speaking at the summit on public relations and i think we were like in a green room or something and started talking and one thing i always tell people is like, you're the person who when you say hey we should do drinks you actually call and say what are you doing right now (laughs) let's go get drinks Um, And that's something that I've learned from you and that I truly admire and I still work on trying to do. So that's how we became friends, because you followed through on um, kind of what you said. So thank you.
0: (laughs) Try to be a person of my word, you know, and I I was new. And I and I think one thing I mean, I think that's naturally my personality. But I think the one thing that that I knew is that I was like, I am new to Atlanta I had moved here to be with in a relationship but I was like I have to create my own friend circle ASAP and something about your energy um I always tease Tony because she is a bleeding heart (laughs) somebody can be like somebody could like have a gun have shot someone have the and she would be like well he might that person (laughs) but maybe we don't know why you know and I'm like oh gosh so Tony is one of my bright side friends this is somebody who sees the bright side of damn near everything so when people talk about curating your friend circle you definitely need that uh, sunny side up friend that friend who will take any situation and and put some glitter on it and and make it bright so I appreciate that um in our friendship and why are you such a bookworm my dear
1: so I think um a lot of people know me as a writer. I've always written. Um I went to school, got my degree in English. Um I and love I, writing. And we can
0: tell everybody she writes the Curlbox box mag mag card. So if you oh get curl box no,
1: secret. It is, oh but goodness. you help.
0: You help, you assist. It is not a secret. So I am a slow writer, Tony's a fast writer, and she helps in the writing of the Girl Box Mad Cards that I'm done.
1: I'll also say this you know, um, part of what I do is ghost writing, and mm-hmm. you actually were responsible for giving me my, my first uh, ghostwriting book project. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was something I had said. I was like, I want to ghostwrite. And then you hit me up and you were like, Hey, I have these clients and they need a book ghostwritten. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely got me started on that path. So, um, so yeah, so I guess I'm a writer. I do a bunch of stuff, but writing is something I come back to all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. and my father, you know, would take me to the the main branch library in Detroit when I was teeny tiny. And it's this huge marble brass building with just all this art and the old school card catalogs. And I just fell in love, you know, with that building and taking home a stack of books. Yes. It's never left me. And so even to this day, when I go to the library, I'm just amazed i'm like there are all these books here for free <laughs> i know it's it?
0: <laughs> all this information all of these thoughts all of these ideas all of this imagination
1: like uh it's free it's free it's yes so,
0: okay that's so
1: i fell in love with the whole book thing
0: okay so we're not going to bore you guys with all of this we are going to get into tony's first question um book you give away most often tony what's the book you give away most often
1: Mine is, it's a book called Earn What You Deserve by an author mm-hmm. named Gerald Mundus. And he talks about um, just really the idea for a lot of people who don't make the money that they should, what's called an under earner, um, mm. goes into how to reverse that thinking and then actual actual actionable steps into how to earn what you deserve. Some of those steps are spiritual. And so wow. I know quite a few folks like that who don't even know that they're not earning to their full potential or that they have Mm -hmm. the capacity to do better. And I give that book away. I think I have like a few extra copies, like always (laughs) on hand right now. And I'm like, how many copies do I have?
0: Right. I know. And just for you guys who are listening, Tony, I'm going to make sure that you email me your list. Um, I'll put these together and I'll answer these questions. I'll put it in the notes. So if you go to my I'm going to put all of these books in the notes for this podcast. So if you're in the car driving, don't worry. Um, the book that I give away most often is, um, the mastery of love. Well, because really? you because but let me tell you something i have two books the book that i used to always give away was the mastery of love by Don miguel ruiz um for those of you who are huge book fans or don't know Don miguel ruiz ruiz he also wrote the four agreements and what i love about Don miguel in the mastery of love is that he examines the fear-based beliefs and assumptions that undermine love and lead to suffering and drama in our relationships. And prior to being able to afford therapy, uh, prior to really understanding therapy, I would say that like this book helped me with like self-rejection and like fear and love and all of these things. And, um, because I am a nerd. I told Tony before we started this podcast, I have like my favorite quote from all these books. So my favorite quote from the mastery of love is you have the power to create your power is so strong that whatever you believe comes true, you create yourself, whatever you believe you are, you are the way you are, because that is the way you believe about yourself, your whole reality, everything you believe is your creation, you have the same power as any other human in the world the main difference between you and someone else is how you apply your power what you create with your power you may be similar to others in many ways but no one in the whole world lives her life the way you do and I think that, <laughs> the, yes, that book had me like, every time I saw someone looking broken, looking like they might, I'm like, here you go. <laughs> and it's a, it's a really um, short sort of like read. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not hard to read at all. And there's this wonderful prayer at the end called the prayer for self-love, which you can Google, which I just email it to friends when I see that they're down. The book that I have given away, Um, more often than not is me before you by Jojo Moyes. Did I
1: give you that book? You did. You did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I must've bought like 20 copies of that book. I gave it to my accountant. Um, Jojo, Me Before You is fiction, but it is uh, a story about a quadriplegic who wants to die. I'm not going to give it away. They made a movie about it. Um, I don't have my favorite quote from that book because I knew I was going to take up too much with that other one. But Me Before You by Jojo Moyes is the one that I've been giving away lately. Um, The next question Tony had is the book that changed your life. Tony, what book changed your life?
1: So for me, and I, I'll just say this, I'm a nonfiction person. I mean, I, I I write and I read fiction, but I'm also like hardcore nonfiction. And mm-hmm. the book for me was Secrets of Six-Figure Women by Barbara Manny. Mm-hmm. I have that. That's a good one. she opened my eyes to kind of, you know, going back to that theme of, you know, can you really be somebody who you didn't think you could be? Um, yeah. And that book is filled with nothing but success stories of women who, and six figures is an arbitrary number, but essentially people who made more of themselves. And for her, it was very um, relevant to me because, you know, she was a journalist, she was a writer and everybody knows, she says this, everybody knows, you Mm -hmm. know, writers don't make any money. So why would I have that expectation for myself? Um, But she talks about as She went forward and interviewed these women who were earning this six figure salary, how her earnings increased um, and pretty much how she just kind of revamped her life. So that book just really kind of set me on a path um, to doing more, being more. Um, So it definitely changed my life. As I'm
0: listening to us go over our books, it is so crazy how people, if you just listen to the books that we're saying we're reading, you can figure out what type of people we are. <laughs> you can see what our issues are. <laughs> and it's that thing of like how they say, like, never date a guy that doesn't have a bookshelf because that's how you figure it. To me, it's like you walk in someone's house, you see their bookshelf and you see who they are.
1: Yeah. Or if they okay. don't have a bookshelf. which is If they don't
0: have a bookshelf, you're like, mm, I don't know about this. Um, the book that changed my life was Maximize the Moment, God's Action Plan for Your Life by T.D. Jakes. And, um, like I said, I think I read this when I was around 20 or 21. This is pre, this is when self-help wasn't a big thing. Um, this is when people were like, just go to church. Um, and what I dug about this is that, um, a summary that I found online. It says here, the Bishop wants readers to consider the brevity of their lives and make something of themselves. And I think that that was so important of important to me is that a lot of us are going through life acting and feeling like we got all the time in the world. And it's just like, really consider the brevity. Brevity is brief, how brief your life is going to be and how you have to stop putting off things until um, tomorrow. And what I dug about this book, Maximize the Moment, is that while I was going to church at the time, not overly religious, but I did appreciate church, is that this was an actual, like, Uh, Bishop Jakes put actionable items in this book. You know, it was like, we, you know, you've gone to church and you know um, what to do. You know, people, people will tell you what's wrong and how you are doing things wrong. But it's like, how do I do the right thing? And I felt like that was the first thing that I read in my early twenties that has some Action item. So I can tell you, for, hands down, that maximize the moment. God, uh, God's action plan for your life by TDJ saved my life, and it is still on my bookshelf today. The highlighting has faded, <laughs> but <laughs> but the red, the red um, ink that I wrote in it is still there. And so it's always interesting to go back and see like what mattered to you back then. Yeah. Um. The next uh, question you had is the book. Books that made you the most money,
1: yeah, I really want to know this from you. so what what is that? The, the books,
0: no, this is what no this is what's crazy. The books that made me the most money I got from you. <laughs> <laughs> The books that made me the most money are both by Michelle Goodman, the anti nine to five guide and my so-called freelance life. I still remember the day that you came over my house to tell me about these crazy finds that you had. You were like, oh my God, she has figured it out because so many people don't want to have a nine to five, but she, I mean, she gives all the steps of like how to transition out of a nine to five into your so-called freelance life and at the time you remember I couldn't find a job in Atlanta so I was like I was anti nine to five because I couldn't find one so okay how do I transition out of this I felt like it helped me transition out of the nine to five mindset because to this day I still work nine to five my open office is open from eight to five and I work from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed but it helped me to understand a sort of like working a life work mindset and she gives you tips on contracts and your LLC and just how to how to how to schedule your day because you know once you start freelancing it's like you I was had gotten to a point where I was just working non-stop because I was at home and so the book the two books that I believe made me the most money um, by changing my mindset were those two books that you I think you loaned me and then I think I bought them.
1: I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for me, mine is along the same lines. It's a book called The Well-Fed Writer by Peter Bowerman. Who you, actually, yes. You, I remember yeah. you talking about this. Yeah. that's He actually lives here in Atlanta and I got to meet him when I moved down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read that maybe a little bit after college. And that book talks about being a commercial Um, kind of copywriter and really approaching the business of writing as an actual business. Mm -hmm. uh, The same kind of stuff you were talking about with the anti nine to five guide and my so-called freelance life. Um, But instead of that kind of, oh, I want to be a writer and I want to write books. And, you know, it tells you, hey, this is how you pitch articles. This is how you get assignments from editors. This is how you work with small businesses to their uh, PR. This is, you know, it's very methodical. Okay, Um, and so that book actually helped me to put on the hat of I'm a professional writer. Okay, and I got you know assignments from that, like it kind of set the whole tone for my career. And even like as you said, you know I'm still doing copywriting to this day um, for you know CurlBox or a few other clients. Um, Even though I don't, I'm not a writer, but it still Mm -hmm. set me up. Um, Yeah, that book definitely. I'm still earning money from it.
0: (laughs) The well-fed, the well-fed writer,
1: the well-fed writer.
0: Awesome. OK. Um, the book you wish you wrote.
1: That's such a hard question. Um, oh, and let me go back. So the other book that made me the most oh, okay, the folks who um, I had a second one for people who um, are not freelancers, because we've talked about freelance mm-hmm. um, is Salary Tutor by okay. Jim Hopkinson. Mm -hmm. And that book actually got me $5,000 extra on my last salary negotiation.
0: I remember you telling me that. You were like, I have my notes. Like, I did it. And you negotiated. So many people are afraid to negotiate, especially in the beginning. You know, it's like, uh, maybe I'll get in and then I'll wait, you know. But you were telling me that. So, wait, what was it again?
1: It's called Salary Tutor. And he Uh, gives you scripts. He talks about the mindset. (laughs) I mean, he breaks it down. I wrote him. I was like, you know, Jim, thanks a lot. (laughs) Because... because you you
0: got your girl some dough yeah. and that's, that's awesome. So many people ask me about um, salary and how to negotiate and that I've only had, and I don't know if people know this, I have only had one formal job outside <laughs> of college. So I don't really know, <laughs> you know, I don't really know how to negotiate salary because I just never have. And I work in, because I don't have a salary I do have a salary the company pays me but I essentially you know as an entrepreneur I'm in a situation where I only eat what I kill Mm -hmm. you know so it's like all right um I gotta go out and hunt I have nothing guaranteed to me it's not about like oh this is guaranteed and then I'm getting extra it's literally like every single thing um I have to go out and kill so I'm glad you share that because I know a lot of people will be, will find the salary tutor helpful. The book you wish you wrote. I will tell you what my book is. What is that? The book I wish I wrote was Jen Sincero. You are a badass. <laughs> I do because that's the first sort of quote unquote self-help book that I felt like I could relate to. And I really read it because I was like, I want to write a book like this. Like when I saw that, I was like, this is the book that I would want to write is the book is Jen Sincero. You are a badass. How to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life. And I remember I read it like, I want to say three years ago and it is, it, it was not popular at the time, but it is very popular now. And I see it in every airport on every bestseller list. I've never gone into any airport and not seen this book. Um, two quotes, that I will pull from it. Uh, Two favorite quotes. Uh, First one, you are perfect to think anything less is as pointless as a river thinking that it's got too many curves or that it moves too slowly or that it's rapid, that it's rapids are too rapid. Says who? You're on a journey with no defined beginning, middle or end. There are no wrong twists or turns. There is just the beginning. And your job is to be as you as you can be this is why you're here to shy away from who you truly are will leave the world you you are the only you there is and ever will be I repeat you are the only you there is and ever will be do not deny the world it's one and only chance to bask in your brilliance <clears throat> and so I I guess you, as people get to know us through the books that we really love is like, I feel like, I mean, and it probably is, I have sought out a lot of affirmation. And so even my boo says my love language is words of affirmation. I think that I really, these are the kind of conversations that I have to have with myself. I like to hear these kinds of things. Um, And the second quote was, you are responsible for what you say and do. You are not responsible for whether or not people freak out about it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. (laughs) period so that's the book I wish that I wrote and it's just so badass like she killed it and it's like if I ever write a book it will be somewhat in probably along those lines of like girl you got this stop tripping
1: (laughs) in summary that's what it would be in summary yes well, of course, you know, for me, of course, I probably have 50 books. I wish I wrote so. <laughs> As every English major, I'm sure. Right. Um, but I would say most recently, um, Tiny Beautiful Things. by uh, Of course, I'm, I, I'm actually obsessed with advice columns. Yes. I love to be an advice did I, columnist. Did I
0: give you Tiny Beautiful Things? You did.
1: Things? Yeah. Yeah. You did. That, was, <laughs> that was the
0: other book that I was giving away in between The Mastery of Love and Jojo Moyes' uh, You Before Me, Me Before yeah. You. Yeah, okay. we
1: did, and that uh, one, you know, she. I love that she doesn't necessarily tell people what to do. She tells mm-hmm. them more, how to think and how to be, yes. and she does that through stories from her own life. And yes. then she has that extra added layer of being, you know, this awesome writer. So yes. all of those things weave together, yes. and the subject matter—it just—it's all about humanity, and mm-hmm. I just. It, it's relative to everybody. It's a situation. Everybody can recognize themselves in all the questions. So combining those three things um, is just amazing that she did that. Um, fiction book I Wish I Wrote is definitely Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Okay. Um, she, in that book, it's folksy, um, but it's also very another story about just humanity in general, um, and then she has these just gorgeous lines. Um, one of my favorites is, "There were years that asked questions and years that answered."
0: Oh, oh God, yeah,
1: yeah, I love and that. So quote. I'm like, "Oh God, if I could have written that, you know." And it's simple. Yeah. You can get it. It's not overblown. I don't like you know overblown books that have all this you know highfalutin vocabulary. We don't need that. Yeah. I just need a simple story that's so well written that you don't notice the writing. Wow. So um, yeah, those those are my couple just yeah. two of the many i wish i had read
0: <laughs> tiny beautiful things is on my list also for, as we continue to talk about this but it wasn't the book that i wish that i wrote and for those of you that aren't familiar tiny beautiful things is by cheryl strade who i am definitely obsessed with she um wrote this book about bravery it's like a little quote book um I yeah i read that. that
1: on bravery i think it's on bravery
0: Okay, maybe that's it. But that's something that you can like keep on your nightstand, and like every night you can read it. uh, Because I just I am I'm a Cheryl fan. I listen to her Dear Sugar podcast. I am Cheryl Strades, I am her fan. (laughs) And for
1: Uh, Cheryl,
0: yes, I stand for Cheryl. I stand for the podcast and the books. Um, Book. uh, So you have books you reread on a yearly basis, and I only have one. What is that? Book that I reread on a yearly basis is The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Mm Greene. I am a huge Robert Green fan I was interviewed on a podcast um, probably a week ago and it's uh, the, I went down to NPR to tape it and I think I thought because I was at NPR I was like if anyone knows Robert Green if anybody can connect me and I can interview Robert Green just I will cash out for the rest of my life like I will be done because I'm such a huge Robert Green fan with an e on the end um, and of course I got my I got four quotes because I I read I pull this out annually I bought the 48 laws of power the summer before I went to go intern in New York um, at Unilever and I was just like I went remember when Tower Records sold books Yeah. went to Tower Records 21 maybe I got the book and I was like I'm taking this with me to New York for this internship because I got to figure out how to like thug this game of life out like I have to figure out how to be um, you know in the boardroom if you will so Um, Well, some quotes that I love, when you show yourself to the world and display your talents, you naturally stir all kinds of resentment, envy, and other manifestations of insecurity. You cannot spend your life worrying about the petty feelings of others. Um, That is something that I felt like helped me immensely because the minute that you start to show that you are definitely about that life, people people start attacking you from the space of their insecurities, not because you're doing anything to them, but because they never had the guts to do that. And I think the hardest part is that sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's family, but it's usually the people who are closest to you. And that's what shocks and surprises you the most, you know, strangers, they do that. Like you'll see constant Instagram trolls are like, twitter thugs or whatever doing this but that was like okay to be 21 years old and to understand that when you show yourself to the world and display your talents you are going to stir up resentment envy and manifestations of insecurity that helps you process it differently when people are basically talking trash to you you know i love that um another one is if you are unsure of a course of action do not attempt it your doubts and hesitations will infect your execution timidity is dangerous better to enter with boldness any mistakes you commit through audacity are easily corrected with more audacity (laughs) you know it's like if you scared don't even try it but if you come through bold and popping your collar if you make a mistake pop your collar even harder and it's fixed um (laughs) i love that and then i just have two really short ones everyone admires the bold no one honors the timid um this is super important. And it's like this is this is something that you need to write down. Like everybody needs to write this down right now. Write this down. Keep your friends for friendship, but work with the skilled and competent. Okay. Keep your friends for friendship, but work with the skilled and competent. And so you and I are friends, but you I
1: know, but
0: this is what's so crazy about <laughs> this is what's so crazy about this. Podcast. You are the only friend that I will work with. Which is crazy, but I do. But you are insanely competent, you know. But <laughs> you are hands down the only person that was my friend first that works with me now.
1: So keep your friends for friendship, but work with the skilled and competent unless they're Tony and they're both okay.
0: Mm. Right, skilled, competent, <laughs> and friendly. That's because right. you're. That's because you're a bleeding heart.
1: Um, and it's so funny what is. Say. That's your book that I, you know, like I said, I, I you recommended it. I tried to get <laughs> on Kindle and it's like 9 million. This, is, this pages is not
0: a Kindle book. This is not a Kindle. Book. This is like, this is similar to the Bible in the sense that like it's a, it's a long, deep, detailed read, something you probably gonna keep on your nightstand for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah. So for anybody out there who's like, oh, I can download. No,
0: you need to physically buy this book. This is not a Kindle book. Um, what so is I, the book that, what's your, the one that you reread on a yearly basis?
1: Yeah, every year I try to read All the Joy You Can Stand by Debrina Jackson-Gandy. Okay. And it's 101 um, sacred principles for um, strengthening yourself or something along those lines, but it's just really little tiny kind of snippets. And this book is like a Kind of intimate conversation with a girlfriend who's just extremely wise and who's lived life and who's very spiritually grounded. Um, she talks about all the things that we as women struggle with in terms of relationships, family, career, um, managing our energy, being called to something higher while still replenishing ourselves. And it's just a touchstone for me every year to kind of check in and say, you know, where am I off base? Where am I? kind of depleted where am I not addressing certain issues um and it's a really you know quick and easy read and she also has lots of examples from her life I love books that have examples from that person's life okay Um, I think this is a book
0: that you recommended to me that I looked I, I don't think I got it or I may have it but I don't think I read it
1: Yeah, it's it's just one and it's so many different things. As I come back every year, certain things and I'm sure with the forty eight laws of power, certain things stand out to you now that didn't two years ago. Yes five years ago. So it's one of those things you keep going back to and getting something new out of it. So I love that book. Okay. Love it.
0: Awesome. Next one you had is okay, and we're gonna this is this was the because I had to make so many notes. I have seven pages of notes for this podcast and this is page four you have your go-to book that you recommend for, and then we're going to go through them, relationships, cooking, financial, and business. So we are going to start with relationships. Okay. My relationship book recommendations are (laughs) The Mastery of Love if they are in a good relationship. (laughs) Uh It's called a breakup because it's broken if they are in right post-breakup um and tiny beautiful things if they are in a dead-end relationship uh. so um i have a couple quotes mastery of love i already talked about because it starts with self-love and i think self-love is really helpful if you're in a healthy relationship um but for breakups it's called a breakup because it's broken which i read when i went through a break- breakup i read a lot of breakup books um he says it's a Greg Barrett and his now wife wrote it together and he says people come together and move apart. It's the age-old ebb and flow of relationships. Some are short, shorter journeys and others were meant for a lifetime. That goes for friendship, as, friendships as well. And I just think that we just don't, we have such a hard time believing that everything is not meant for a lifetime. And I shared this on my Snapchat the other night that I was like, my friend Amy, you met Amy. Yes. Amy always says that Some people are there for the whole book and other people are just chapters. You know, some people are literally intended for one to 10, you know, chapters of your life. So they're not they weren't intended to be a character for the entire story. Um, And then another quote from that book that I like is alone also means available for someone outstanding. Right. So just because you're single, I saw on Facebook today, somebody posted um, it's hard being single and it took everything in me not to comment because I can be very sort of like, it's hard being homeless. It's hard being hungry. It's hard being a whole bunch of things, but it's like, come on. I mean, I understand that relationships are great, but it is, it is not hard. <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable. It's, you know, whatever, but it is not hard. So for a relationship, Oh, wait, wait, wait. And then I have um my book for, if you are in a dead end relationship it's tiny, beautiful things. The one that you wish that you wrote yes. um, and two quotes. And I have two quotes that um, three quotes, because that was what's crazy is that tiny, beautiful things was literally my favorite book for maybe two years in a row. Like I would read a bunch of other books and it would be like year one, what's your favorite book? Tiny, beautiful things. Year two, I'd read more books. What's your favorite book? Tiny, beautiful things. Um, uh, Cheryl straight. She says, you cannot convince people to love you this is an absolute rule no one will ever give you love because you want him or her to give it real love moves freely in both directions do not waste your time on anything else Mm. you know like do not and so you know i love me some cheryl another one and this is pretty long so i may cut it off and she says don't do what you know on a gut level to be the wrong thing to do. Don't stay when you know you should go or go when you know you should stay. Don't fight when you should hold steady and hold steady when you should fight. Don't focus on the short short term fun instead of the long term fallout. Don't surrender all your joy f- Don't surrender all your joy for an idea you used to have about yourself that isn't true anymore. Don't seek joy at all costs. I know it's hard to know what to do when you have a conflicting set of emotions and desires, but it's not as hard as we pretend it is. Saying it's hard is ultimately a justification to do whatever seems like the easiest thing to do. Have the affair, stay at the horrible job, into friendship over a slight, being someone loving someone who treats you terribly. I don't think there's a single dumbass thing I've done in my adult life that I didn't know was a dumbass thing to do while I was doing it. Even when I justified it to myself, as I did every damn time. The truest part of me knew I was doing the wrong thing, always. As the years pass, I'm learning how to better trust my gut and not do the wrong thing. But every so often, I get a harsh reminder that I've still got work to do.
1: I just love everything she has about relationships, whether it's single, there's the one she has about the woman who um has this idealized uh notion of marriage and her sister she finds out that uh her and her husband have both had affairs yes got an excellent answer for that there's a woman who loves somebody or she had a friend who slept with somebody else and I, I remember a quote from that and she's like you know don't love the person who doesn't love you there's so many things to be tortured by so many torturous things in this life and I'm like ah oh, she's a poet I love it
0: <laughs> love her awesome um okay and then my favorite tiny beautiful things quote we are all entitled to our opinions and religious beliefs but we are not entitled to make shit up and then use the shit we made up to oppress other people (laughs) that's why I love Cheryl because Cheryl is not here for the games
1: she can do like the hardcore and she can do like the literary
0: yes so your favorite relationship books
1: Um, I have an author who's like kind of my relationship author. Her name is Susan page. Okay. And for single people, she has a book. I love the title. If I'm so wonderful, why am I still single? (laughs) (laughs) If I'm so wonderful. Right. If I'm so wonderful, why am I still single? Um, and then she has a marriage book called how one of you can bring the two of you together. And Mm. her work deals primarily with the personal responsibility that we need to take. Um, in whatever situation we find ourselves in, be it single or in an unhappy marriage. Okay. And she gives you kind of that work to do and kind of how to approach that um, for the if I'm so wonderful, why am I still single? She really like takes it there in terms of, you know, how you have to leave the kind of um better than nothing, no strings attached relationships alone so that you can make space for, you know, what you really say you want. So she's hardcore. Um, and so I have a lot of, you know, kind of merry, but unhappy friends. And I'm always, you know, this, I'm like a huge relationship person. I'm always going to recommend a book and some therapy.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Okay. All right. And is that your, your book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay favorite cooking favorite cookbooks everybody knows that I am a super huge um cookbook fan
1: you are um so I probably can guess what what yours are at least one of yours (laughs) okay I think everybody can yes um is it skinny taste you know it (laughs) (laughs) So I um am kind of getting my my cooking. I used to cook a lot and I stopped uh-huh. for a period. Now I'm getting back. But ones that I always go to are um actually Patty LaBelle's book, the LaBelle cuisine. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> no. And these are things people don't know about me. So if, like I'm trying to do like a you know special occasion, I'm definitely gonna do her mac and cheese. Um she's got like her sides. I love her side recipes. Um, just kind of everyday stuff. I like anything by Mark Bittman who wrote the minimalist column for the New York Times magazine. Um, and he's got kind of that approach, like, you know, how you go to a wonderful restaurant and they've only seasoned things with like kosher salt and fresh Uh, black pepper. And it tastes, which is how I season things in my house. Yes. Yes. But it's like, (laughs) it's elevated. It doesn't have to have 50 different sauces and, you know, all that preparation. So that's his approach. So those are kind of some, some of my go-tos.
0: Okay. My cook, my favorite cookbooks are skinny taste, obviously. And she has a book that's coming out and I don't know when it's coming out, but I already pre-ordered it. Like, I think she was like, I think like maybe four months ago she was like, my book is coming out in a year and I pre-ordered it. Like, (laughs) And text all my friends that I know are huge Skinny Taste fans, but, and it's called Fast and Slow and she does like quick meals and then she has our slow cooker meals, which I love. So Skinny Taste is hands is hands down my go-to cookbook. I also really enjoy Epicurious. Um, I get a lot of my, I guess, flavor ideas from Epicurious. I have the Epicurious app on my phone. I kind of, when I am, it's any random day and I'm coming home from work and I'm going to go to the grocery store, I will go to the app they always have suggestions for like what you can cook with the current season's vegetables. So, you know, it might be fall veggies, you know, which are root veggies. And then it may be summer veggies. And a lot of times it's like this, the, the veggies that are currently in season are the cheapest. And it's like, what can I make with these? Um, and they, and they have this thing, their fork system. And so this cookbook is their four fork cookbook, meaning all the recipes that were rated four forks. And I can tell you that I have never, ever, ever in my life made a four fork Epicurious recipe. And it had been bad, like wow. never. So even just two nights ago, I made a corn lobster tomato salad that I got from I the, Epicur- the Epicurious app. <laughs> Amazing. Like, I mean, it made no sense how good it was. Um, another cookbook that I really love is True Food. And there's a True Food restaurant here in Atlanta. Um, it's a chain, but it is a, um, based on an anti-inflammatory diet. And I don't know if people know this, but I have a cyst on my spine, which causes me a ton of back pain. And um, I would say a combination of two books, cooking from two different books, um, True Food and Whole30. When I started doing whole 30, I noticed that I stopped taking the anti influ like naproxen medication for my back. Wow. And so, whole 30 is like no sugar, no grains, you know, it's really pared down, but I have most recently cut the grains in my diet. So, I don't eat a lot of grains anymore, and ever since I gave up grains, And um, I wouldn't say I probably say artificial sugar from like the cream in my coffee. So I drink my coffee black now and I don't eat a lot of grains. I have not taken my back medication since I had the Whole30 cookbook. Wow. And the final cookbook that I have is Oh She Glows, and that's a vegan cookbook. Um, and that's just me stretching myself um, to try to do meatless meals on occasion because I my body needs protein, um, but I try to do meatless meals from time to time. And Oh She Glows kills it. She has this one warm root veggie salad that'll blow your mind. I make I've made it like eight to ten times this year. Oh wow, super good. So those are my cookbooks. I have a ton. I went to my shelf when you said it. I was like, what are <laughs> what are the top five? that Yeah, I,
1: can? I had to know because I'm like, you are a super cooker. I know the skinny taste. We were actually together at True Fruit <laughs> Kitchen when you got that cookbook. Yes. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm good to know um, the Epicurious app. I'm going to check that out. Get so. the L.
0: It's the banging. And it, and it will put together a grocery list for you and everything. So nice. it'll be like, check off the stuff you have at home. They'll suggest what you probably have at home, things like salt and pepper. Um, It's amazing. And it's free, I think. Love it. Favorite financial books, which was, it was crazy that I didn't have a ton of favorite financial books.
1: Yeah, that was hard too. Um, My couple, I just have a couple. I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Safety. Uh-huh. Um, that's a classic one. So he's this yeah, kind of, yeah young kid. He's been around forever. He had, um, that popular blog and people always think it's a, a scheme. Um, but really what he's teaching you is things like how to negotiate your credit card rates, how to set up, you know, kind of a system, um, for paying your bills, that type of thing. And then the other one is total money makeover by Dave Ramsey. Okay. Super, super classic. And Dave is hardcore, no debt of what, Soever any kind, no credit cards. Um, he's the guy who's really big on doing a debt snowball, paying down your debts from smallest to largest. Really focusing on one thing, and he has these baby steps. That's his system. Okay, he kind of walks you through step one: save up a thousand dollars for a starter emergency fund. Step two: pay off all your debts, smallest to largest. Step three: finish out your three to six month uh, emergency fund. Um, and so forth and so on. And so he also has like the longest running talk talk uh, talk radio show. Uh-huh. Um, and so people call in, you know, who are following him, his system, um, every day. And so it's just like a whole cult really. And so, um, it's, it's a great kind of financial book.
0: I heard that I'm not a Dave Ramsey fan or follower, but I heard that he, um, he, has a Tesla like me and says that over time, the Tesla will eventually pay for itself.
1: So. Really? That's mm-hmm. interesting. But the yeah. other thing is he's like, you know, he buys his car. So I'm, I'm curious to know he buys Tesla. All right. I'm sure he did. Cause he would, that's his be, get. Yeah. He'd be crucified if he, he, uh, financed that car.
0: that's interesting i don't know i heard this and this is something that i heard from someone else that he did have one and people were to be chastising him because it was an expensive car but he felt like over time it would pay for him him, it would pay for itself and i have to say that the tesla was the first car that i ever financed it's the first car that i ever bought outright and it's the first car so i have a car now which is interesting but (laughs) um i just didn't want to pay for it outright i felt like there were other things i can do with my money I love that. My favorite financial so I'm not a huge huge financial book fan but I will tell you the two that I think were had the most impact on my life. First one was Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert mm, Kiyosaki. Yeah, classic. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. I read that one the same summer that I went to go intern in New York and there was a game and all that stuff. And so two quotes from Rich Dad Poor Dad. In school, we learn that mistakes are bad and we are punished for making them. Yet, if you look at the way humans are designed to learn, we learn by making mistakes. We learn to walk by falling down. If we never fell down, we would never we would never walk. And again, not so much about money, but the mindset. Mm -hmm. So many people are afraid to make mistakes and they want to get everything perfect, not really realizing that like you learn from your mistakes. And then my favorite quote that probably maybe even of all time, winners are not afraid of losing, but losers are. Failure is a part of the process of success. People who avoid failure also avoid success. Mm. Yes. Wow. So that was like that helped me understand sort of like the money mindset, the kind of mindset one must have to be rich, Um, and just the first finance book I think I really sort of applied to my life was Susie Orman's Money Book for the Young Fabulous and Broke.
1: Yeah, that's when
0: I was twenty five. I was like, okay,
1: that's a classic. I remember I bought that for um, I think one of my cousins. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. Yeah
0: okay yeah it's helpful I think it's helpful if you just don't have a if you lack like a general understanding of money um uh all righty what was the next book what was the next question Favorite
1: go to business
0: oh god this was so hard because you know that like the majority of my bookshelf is business I probably have hundreds of business books but I'm gonna let you go first because my list is long girl
1: well, mine is easy. I had the anti nine to five guide in my so-called freelance life um, okay. just because I think those cover kind of anybody wanting to start something. Um, but more so, I think depending on what it is that you want to start, I recommend kind of looking for the go to book within that Um that industry. Um, also the four hour, excuse me, four hour work week, that's classic business kind of breaking away from, you know, kind of that nine to five lifestyle as well. So love Mm -hmm. those.
0: Okay. So I would probably say that I am business books are my joy. I read a lot of business books. I have a long, long list, but I'm going to quote some of them and power through the rest. Um, Simon Sinek, Leaders Eat Last and Start With Why. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a really great TED talk on Start With Why, which I think people will enjoy. But two of my favorite quotes from Leaders Eat Last, um, because I've had some conversations recently to young women who want to be leaders. And I think understanding leadership, people think that it's about like being in charge and being the boss and being a dictator. And listen to me and I know what I'm talking about. And I'm in charge because I know the most. And it's really like, He says, this is what a leader is. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more and become more, you are a leader. Mm. Um, The other thing he says is the true price of leadership is the willingness to place the needs of others above your own. Great leaders truly care about those. They are privileged to lead and understand that the true cost of the leadership privilege comes at the expense of self-interest. So, um, that's one of my favorite business books that I think that people who are going to that want to be entrepreneurs and lead businesses need to understand about leadership. Um, another book that I really love is by Daniel Pink called To Sell is Human. I think so many times people are afraid to sell their stuff, afraid to sell themselves. And he lets you understand that selling is human. A quote he says is that anytime you're tempted to upsell someone else, stop what you're doing and observe in se- instead. So he shows you how like, yes, you can sell things because to sell as human, but you should sell in service. Um, Another one of my favorite business books is Timothy Ferris, The Four Hour Work Week. I also enjoy his podcast. Um, I think that all of us hoped and wished for a four hour work week. It is not real. I think he knows it's not real. I don't believe that he works four hours a week, but it was nice. Um, he says, You are the average of the five people you associate with most. So do not underestimate the effects of your pessimistic, unambitious, or disorganized friends. If someone isn't making you stronger, they're making you weaker. Um, another one is Cheryl Sandberg. Lean in, Zig Ziglar. Secrets of Closing the Sale. Kathy Black. Basic Black, which I really love. Um, I really love that book, and I had we read that in my office. Another book is um, what is another book that I really love? Um, I love uh, the Personal Touch by Terry Williams. Um, Phil Knight's shoe dog Francis Cole is How to Wow uh, is incredible she said like that's the book that taught me a lot she says never walk into your boss's office with a problem walk in with the problem and two potential solutions Um, what else do we have I have Lawrence G. Bolt Zen in the Art of Making a Living I really love that book I recommend it to a lot of young people who have no idea what they want to do it helps you kind of carve out your career path Phil Jackson's 11 rings Malcolm Gladwell the tipping point the tipping point is the magic moment when an idea trend or social behavior crosses a threshold tips and spreads like wildfire like wild wildfire and I read that obviously before I started Curlbox to try to understand how do you create something that spreads like wildfire He always, he also says there is a simple way to package information that under the right circumstances can make it irresistible. All you have to do is find it. Um, Jack Welch winning, uh, Jack Welch is, I'm a fan of his, he has a book out with his wife, uh, most recently, but he says, when you were made a leader, you weren't given a crown. You were given the responsibility to bring out the best in others. Um, and so, and then the final book because I told you I can go business books all day long. This is I picked like ten or twelve. Um, Poe Bronson, What Should I Do with My Life? I read it right after I graduated college when you're sort of unsure about what you want to do, and he says interests evolve into hobbies or volunteer work, which grow into passions. It takes time, more time than anyone imagines. Um, I used to want to change the world. Now I'm open to letting it change me. Wow. So. Those are, and I could have told you about 55 more of my favorite business books um, just in this moment, but I was like, oh God, I can go all day. So we'll go to the next question, which is, uh, author, you read anything they write. Tony? what is the author that you read? Like, they can do no wrong in your eyes.
1: So there's an author, her name is Maeve Benchy, and she is an Irish fiction author. And she's kind of in the vein of Jojo Moyes, kind of before Jojo was on the scene, Um, And she wrote um, the book that became the movie Circle of Friends with Minnie Driver. Um, But her books, they deal with kind of small town Irish life. It's so weird that that's, you know, the person I read everything. But um, I love her book. She talks about just relationships and family and just growing up and and all of that so she's actually um deceased now but i've read all of her short story collections all of her novels um so anything maybe been she has written i have read love her
0: i don't know okay i'm getting a little bit of like are you close to the microphone a little bit maybe i don't know but it was doubling up i just wanted to make sure <laughs> because okay. i don't edit, i don't edit these and so i want people to have good quality okay, okay. so that's your anything she writes she can do no wrong yep anything else
1: no that's well i mean other people but that's my main one where i've read everything
0: okay author that can that i will read anything they write robert green who wrote the 48 laws of power and the art of seduction and the strategies of war anything he writes he also wrote a book with 50 cent anything he writes i'm reading i follow him on twitter i retweet him as often as i can and paulo coelho Mm, yeah. Paolo the alchemist 11 minutes um, he can do Paolo can do no wrong in my eyes so the next book that you have that we disagree on liking what are the books that we disagree on I know which one it is
1: you probably don't so the one that I we disagree on liking is actually you are a badass <laughs> that's why I laugh so much Boo. I just, I try. I've tried so many times to read that book and I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. So it's so amazing that you're like, that's the book I would write. I'm like, oh Lord. Well, I would read it if you wrote something in that vein, but I just, I can't get into it.
0: Okay. I feel like, and I'm almost embarrassed for you to talk about (laughs) the books that you like that I can't stand. (laughs) I I truly am embarrassed for you because you like, I think you gave me a book from Tariq Nasheed or something. And I was like, girl, if you don't get this all the way up out of my house, I'm embarrassed at the fact that you spent money on this. Um, So don't like anything. And then I remember that book that I, I bought and I don't know why I bought it. I think because Oprah, Oprah promoted this and I said, ain't no way in hell Oprah read this book, the book Tyrese and Rev run manology. Oh yeah. I don't, I was, That was some bullshit. Like, I was so mad about that book because I was like, they are putting out some, like, this is what it is. I don't like books that, how is it about manology, but it's written to women? Why don't you, but no, no. So I don't even want to talk about it no more. That's how much I don't like it.
1: Got it. (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, yeah, I'll read it. Yeah, I do. I, and the Tariq one is so interesting. And when you told me, you were like, I want to throw it across the room. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, at what point? Like, where in this book? Because I like it. So I just couldn't believe that it provoked, like, such a strong reaction in you. Um, but I think that's cool. You know, like I said, we're both readers, and it's gonna be something that the other person just, I just don't get it. Got it. Um, We have, who gave you the gift
0: of reading? I wrote, I'm really not sure. I just think I was born this way. I worked in the library in the seventh grade before school started. My brother went to the high school and I had, and he had to be there super early. So I just started, I mean, I was reading before then, but like working in that library for two hours before school every morning for two years really changed the, like really changed my love for books. And I think I learned about all types of books, books that I'd never knew existed just by receiving them in the library.
1: I didn't know you worked in a library. That's cool.
0: I did. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. It's my favorite thing. It was, I didn't get paid, but I loved it.
1: That is so cute. Um, I think, you know, it's definitely my father and I thought about that earlier. Um, just, he's a huge, like his library is insanely ridiculous. Um, so my father is like the person wherever he goes, he has a book. Um, he taught me kind of how to look at the copyright and just like the Library of Congress information. Like he is truly um, a bibliophile. And so that directly comes from him.
0: Got it. You have, how do you choose books? Um, I choose books from friends like you, people who send me books. I love browsing the bookstore, books that people, books that, Books of people that I admire are reading. Like that's how I got into Paulo Coelho was like common was saying that he had read the Zaheer and I read the Zaheer and then I fell in love with Paulo Coelho. Um, and I also take Amazon recommendations. Like Amazon's like, if you bought this, you'd love these. And so that's how I choose books.
1: Um, For me, and I was curious, I'm like, how do you choose your books? Um, Definitely recommendations. Definitely. I think whenever you recommend something, I typically pick it up. Um, although a lot of the stuff you said today, I'm like, oh, let me write that down. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if people recommend something. I'm probably on the library website checking it out before they finish telling me about it. Um, nonfiction, you know, is definitely whatever I'm, I'm needing at that point in my life. So if it's a self-help book for something I'm struggling with or some business venture, all of that. Um, directs me to kind of those books. And then fiction, I just kind of get on a kick. So sometimes I'll be like on a historical fiction kick. Um, Sometimes I'm like on a murder mystery kick. And so just kind of Amazon or the library, just kind of one author to another ping-ponging and kind of going through those kicks.
0: Got it. Okay. Storage, you said, what do you keep? What do you toss? I keep everything for the most part. I really... I I probably purge my books every 15 years so I don't throw away anything
1: yeah I didn't know that (laughs) it seems like you have a curated collection it doesn't seem like you have like just out of control collection
0: wow yeah I'm still getting feedback doubling up I don't know if you're doing something different maybe closer back but just want to be sure it's not I hope that you guys listening aren't hearing this but um okay what about you
1: I didn't have a system. I just went through a move and I just really had to be super ruthless. Um, So most fiction I toss um, unless they're like just super classics. I don't reread them or I can get them from the library. Um, And then my reference books, anything that has like old information, like PR books that don't have social media info, I'll ditch those. Um, But stuff that I know are classics that I use, like we talked about, you come back and you get different stuff. Like that's kind of my guideline on what to keep.
0: Gotcha. Do you write in them? Take notes of your takeaways? I highlight in my books um, and I write on the sides and if it's super serious, then I throw a flag on it. What about you?
1: I don't. I would like to. Sometimes I'll highlight, um, but I'm not consistent with any of that. I've tried to start taking notes in my phone of key takeaways, um, but I'm not consistent with that either. So no. (laughs) (laughs) And then
0: what am I reading right now at this point I am currently reading The Perfect Find by Tia Williams which is fiction um, and I, I don't really read a ton of fiction typically but Tia worked at Essence back in the day and now I think she works at Estee Lauder but she was the first person to ever break the story of Curlbox happening in the media and so I bought like five copies of her book to support and then when I interviewed Lovey uh, probably three, four weeks ago, she was saying that she read it over one weekend and was unable to put it down. And I now know why I think I'm on like chapter 19, 20. And as soon as I'm done with this with you, I'm going to go back and finish that book.
1: Love it. Um, She also had another book before like her first album. That was super good too. Love that. Um, I'm reading right now, Difficult Conversations, How to Discuss What Matters Most.
0: Yep. We read that in my office.
1: Yeah. Um, I've heard it was a recommendation from, um, a coworker and she says her copy is dog eared you know, has all these notes in it. Um, and that it's a great resource for, um, personal conversations, professional conversations. So that's what I'm reading.
0: Yeah. I read, I, we read that in the office and I think it is super, it is super important. Um, so I definitely get it. I didn't dog your because right? I think sometimes when you once you've gone to therapy, like that's pretty much what it is all about is how to have difficult conversations typically. Well, Tony, my friend, thank you so much for coming on and having this super awesome book conversation with me. Um, where can people find you on social media? What's your Instagram?
1: So I'm um, Urban Lux Life. Um, L-U-X-E and that's where you can see kind of one of my side projects which is all of my stationery line um, that has my fashion illustrations. Thank you
0: guys so much.